listening to The Chartographers. It is a music-loving podcast for music-loving people. Retake every single album. Artists rank it worst to first, and we are in the part two of our Stevie Wonder journey. Me, Evan Soddy, co-creator Taryn O'Reilly, special wonderful guest graphic designer and singer-songwriter Nia O'Reilly. Avantes. I don't want to say Avantes for some reason. Say Avantes. 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 Nia O'Reilly Cervantes. For part two, I'm taking on a new character, Stevie style. Yeah, one of your characters. So, uh, anywho, yeah, we uh, ranked a lot of peak era Stevie Wonder. We're doing 1970 to 1987, and of the 12 albums that we had, we ranked eight of them, uh, which is pretty incredible, which leaves us now down to an incredible top four. If you want to know our thoughts on the other eight albums, please go back and listen to uh, the part one episode, because we will not be talking about them here, uh, except tangentially. And, uh, yeah, Taryn has a lot of thoughts and feelings he wants to get out right now. For, for anything else, though, let's talk about the four albums that we do have left, which are 2000, uh, no, 1972's Talking Book, 1973's Inner Visions, 1974's Fulfillness's First Finale, and 1976's Songs in the Key of Life. Okay, so do you remember, Evan, on our Madonna episode when we were talking about all these albums that had like really tall heights and then like really low lows and we were like yeah but there's all this bad shit and so we ended up ranking them and we totally forgot about bedtime stories Mm -hmm. which is one of the most boring albums we've ever had on the show (laughs) and it somehow ended up at seven out of 14 i feel like fulfilling this is first finale just pulled that because like there's we Taren talked about a Grammy couple albums. For the album of the year. Yeah, who gives a shit? The Grammys make <laughs> he won terrible. Grammy for Woman in Red. Well, he won an Oscar. He won an, an Oscar, Oscar for I, Woman I in Red. I also think he is, also won a Grammy too. And that is number twelve out of twelve on our list. No, but like the thing is, we just put down. I won't say what order, but Hotter Than July, Science You Delivered, and Music of My Mind. We just ranked them, but like they all have really good songs on them. On Fulfilling Mrs. First Finale, we have Boogie on Reggae Woman, possibly my favorite Stevie Wonder song. Oh, Just wow. absolutely, it's funky as shit. Okay. He's having such a great time. He kind of goes on through his voices a little bit. But it's just, it's so great. And it's just, I mean, that is that is what I come to Stevie Wonder for. And then you have the rest of this album, which is basically just sadness. The whole rest? Come on. Okay, I mean... Terrence just wants to jump out the gate with all this stuff right here. Notice he wasted no time before we got to any part because of it. Because the, the, whole, the whole time we were on break, I was just sitting there going, See? we made a mistake. I, not Okay, not the whole rest of right. the album. No. But... You get what I'm saying. I I really love It Ain't No Use. It Ain't No Use is so goddamn good. But then but where but then there's just a lot of like, you know, no, I'm not going to say filler because it's not quite down to that level, but especially in comparison to the other albums we have left, Filling Mrs. First Finale just doesn't quite stand up. I I think I agree with you. I'll say about this album that like this is one that before this week I did not really know and it did 
the thing where the first track is, to me, the first track is fucking great. Like, I thought... Smile, please. Yeah, Smile, Please really drew me in. Like, you know when you listen to something and the first time you listen, it's good? Like, that's a big deal. Like, that Mm -hmm. doesn't happen all the time. Correct. Like... Some of these things are build and they work and they entice and surprise. Yeah, to grow. But that song was one where I was like, "Wait, what is this called?" Like, and I listened to I've listened to it so many times since then. I actually bought I got that on vinyl. Coincidentally, I only buy used vinyl, so you have to find it. But I found that one. And (laughs) Smile Please, I think, is amazing. And it made me kind of fall in love with this album. But maybe it's you know, a new love that has clouded my judgment about some of the others that we already ranked. But I think Heaven is Ten Zillion Light Years Away is a great song. And You Haven't Done Nothing is... I really like that song. Oh, yes. Okay. You Haven't Done Nothing is is a great song. It was number one, though, which kind of blows my mind. And I think it got there because it's a rewrite of Superstition with a good horn hook. It's... Jackson 5 doing the backing vocals. It's... Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. There's actually quite a few little, like, guest vocal surprises on here. Okay. Minnie Ripperton, who, uh... Loving you is easy when you're beautiful. Isn't that Maya Rudolph's mom? Uh, yes. Uh, yes, that is correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. Tying it all into Saturday Night Live, which Stevie once hosted. Uh, <laughs> anywho... <laughs> But uh, yeah, he apparently did. He apparently—I don't know how that worked or how good he was, but he was the musical guest and the host apparently one time. It may have been an earlier season when you know hosting was kind of a, you know, not at the role that it is today. Yeah. But who knows? He is funny though. We will say in all the other interviews and other press materials He's that we've watched. This oh my god, I can't wait to talk about him <laughs> speaking gibberish to the pasta that was woven into his guitar player's hair. But we will get there later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And also, Too Shy to Say is honestly kind of a striking little number for me. Because I think it's really basic. I thought it was a nice... But the thing is that... Okay, so Taryn jumped right into it with no context. Let's give a little bit more context before we talk about this here. The biggest thing about this (laughs) is that... they were very much talking about kind of his peak era, and these four albums were released all against each other. This is in a quick succession. Uh, and while some people say that Music of My Mind was the start of his classic era talking book for a lot of people, it's like that was his commercial breakthrough. The number one started really hitting is the modern Stevie. And, and his artistic breakthrough. Absolutely. That's when you, when, when you he- think about the Stevie Wonder sound, that obviously he's put out tons of records, but the sound that people associate with Stevie Wonder is talking book through songs in the key of life. Absolutely. What we have left. No question. And Inner Visions was very much uh, him taking, like, instead of, like, while Talking Book is very much a personal pop album and the mainstream breakthrough they needed, Inner Visions is very much an album statement. It is a wholly cohesive work in and of itself. And therefore, like, because it won the Grammy for Album of the Year, it was very political, it was very social, it was very funky, and it told all these great stories and attached it to great pop melodies. And there's a whole thing we could talk about of how Stevie wonder he was the sole artist that still played around with the pop paradigm and he did a great job he knew he had a white audience along with a black audience as well he'd cross over appeal and he would smuggle in these very hard to hear messages sometimes into these undeniably funky songs and so the biggest thing is that fulfilling this first finale feels like such an odd duck of these four albums, someone called the four classic albums that remain, because it is a step back, because it is not necessarily this wholly cohesive thing. It is very much a personal album. It is very much... Go ahead. Well, and I was I was just going to say, 
even though there are songs that we've mentioned on here that are, you know, solid, great Stevie Wonder songs, there's nothing here that is pushing the envelope as much as the other three albums we have left. Like, there's so much innovation happening in the early 70s with Stevie that fulfilling his first finale is just like a... Yeah, it's, it's an odd man out. It, it Because right. there are so many ballads here... Um, which also, I didn't even put this together until today, but this was the album he put out right after he was in a car accident that put him in a coma for four days. Whoa. And then he, like, came out of the coma, finished his tour, <laughs> and then started working on this record. So, like, when you look at it through that lens, it's sort of a, like, I'm sure his worldview changed a little bit. So he wasn't in this, like inner visions spiritual place he kind of had to find that again mm-hmm. well um yeah i mean i would say like of the four we're still talking about it's clearly the lowest yes mm-hmm. and and rightfully so i think you know there's a like you like we've said a bunch there's a lot of great songs there's a handful of great songs but like as a package it's not the best one of those for sure mm-hmm. but maybe it's not better than some of the ones already ranked i think yeah. that's what you're throwing out yeah. there yeah and like the more i sit with it the more with how we ranked the ones that are there already like the only one that i would want to be higher is sign sealed delivered but that doesn't make a ton of sense at number 4 either so let's i mean let's just leave what we what we had The more I sit with it, the more I'm like, as much as I don't necessarily think this is... It's not your ranking. It's not my ranking, but I also, like, I don't necessarily want any of the other ones to be higher, if that makes sense. And the other thing, too, I feel like the part of the reason why there is that hesitance and part of the reason I think you feel that way is because Fulfilling This, it's very much because it's sandwiched between these other albums. It's so interesting because Say What You Will About Music on My Mind, Talking Book was a brilliant expansion upon that. Inner Visions is a brilliant expansion upon that. And Fulfilling This is the first finale, it's not an expansion, it's just, it's a sequel. It's not necessarily thematically a sequel, but in terms mm-hmm. of texture, in terms of the tools that he had available, in terms of songwriting, it is very much a continuation there is. So, maybe yeah. he's exploring a couple different new themes or anything else like that, but the step between this and the opus that is Songs in the Key of Life are completely different. This is just very much a second iteration of what he was doing on Inner Visions. Yeah, degree. and I think that just the last thing to say about this record is that it has multiple moments where I'm like, I'm sitting there, I'm listening to it, and I want to like it more than I do. Yes, yeah. I ran like, into that a lot. I, I'm like, the the structure, the foundation of a classic all-timer Stevie Wonder song is here, but the, I don't know if it's like the vocal melody or if the groove just isn't quite as, as powerful as I'm expecting it to be, but this album just like, doesn't quite get there a couple of times. Like, when yeah. you're listening to, like, Creepin', it's like, could have been incredible. Or, like, Bird of Beauty. Beauty. Yeah, Bird yeah, of yeah. Beauty, like, I really, like, it it's starts... So it's, it's it starts, so and I'm, I'm, like, really excited, and then it just doesn't... It feels like it's going to be a funk It doesn't break. quite take me there. Yeah. 
But then again, we also, I mean, that was one of the nice things, a uh, discussion we had this week as well. We were dealing with all these six, seven-minute songs of his, and there's a lot of six, seven-minute songs in his yeah. discography. Sometimes yeah. they grow and expand, and other times they just repeat. Keep going, yes. And as Taryn talked about, that's probably one of his biggest weaknesses. I mean, the whole idea of a groove is that you write it. Is that something that you enjoy coming back to time and time again? And there are some artists that can make 12-minute grooves easy, and you're in it, and you're there. The biggest thing is that he doesn't necessarily know how to resolve a groove. Like, he finds it, he rolls with it, and, you know, there's verse, chorus. He's not really a bridge guy. He's really not when it comes to, like, it's songwriting. It's true. I realized yeah. that yeah. after I said it earlier. I was like, yeah, yeah there aren't a ton of bridges. You he know? doesn't He doesn't bring in that, like, third melodic structure. He may bring in a new... Um, instrument. A new instrument, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And that's what changes. But the, the bass groove and the vocal melodies just keep repeating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would totally agree some of his long songs i mean it's kind of one of those things where you're like at a certain point his producers or the other he's producing a lot but the other Mm -hmm. people he's working with he can't mess up he can't do wrong so him continuing to play for seven minutes the same thing no one's gonna be like you know it's really redundant right Right, yeah well especially because if they were gonna put out it put it out as a single i'm sure they were gonna do a single cut anyway that's like four and a half minutes so as far as the album is concerned he's stevie fucking wonder i mean i'm mostly talking about songs of the key of life at this point he's stevie wonder and he's just one album of the year two albums in a row yeah and so when he's going into songs in the key of life and he has all these eight minute jams who are you to tell him no? Who, literally, Barry Gordy doesn't even have the authority to tell him no at this point because yeah. he's at the top of his game and you don't want to... Because what if what if that eight-minute jam is iconic? And some of them are. Mm-hmm. You yes. know, when you're talking about, like, as, when yeah. you're talking about another star... Don't even talk about those... Yet. I know, I know. Yeah. We'll get We'll get there. We'll get there. All right. In the meantime, though, let's go ahead. Let's put Fulfilling This is First Finale at number four yeah. on our ranking. So, guys, that means we are down to three Stevie Wonder albums in the top slots. That is Talking Book. That is Intervisions. That is Songs in the Key of Life. And, Nia... I don't know about you, but amazingly, it's pretty obvious what number three is to me. It's very obvious to me. Oh, okay, Two. let's let's count to three and let's say the name of the album at the <laughs> same time. Okay, <laughs> let's do it. Just you and me. Just you and me. Just you and okay, me. Okay, okay. All right, here we go. Three, two, two one. one. Talking book. Are you kidding? Me? <laughs> One, two, three, and you count to three. I know, I realized that. I was lost in the moment, exactly. (laughs) 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 Talking about intervisions. Oh, no! Well, we just talked about two albums. Let's talk about them in sequential order. Let's talk about Talking Book first. Okay. (laughs) So, first off, did you know that you are the sunshine of my life? Oh. In that's terms of nice. album openers, though, since I know weird. that's Weird. Yeah, a so little weird. So <laughs> weird. So, like, when I finally looked at... So, you know how, like, you were a child and you didn't Google things, but, like, now you're an adult and you're like, oh, yeah, I should Google that. Mm-hmm. Like, I finally was like, who sings that? And why is it two different people who sing the opening lines of this song? And I was like, it must be someone, like, really important. And I don't know. Maybe they're just people. I don't know. I didn't know them. And I was like, why? <laughs> what? Right. You start your album. This is such, Talking Book is such an amazing album. And it starts with 
two lines of You Are the Sunshine of My Life sung by a man and a woman, neither of which is Stevie Wonder. And that's the opener of the album. It's a weird choice. It's mm-hmm. a very odd choice. Like, did you do you know who they are? Is it just me? Am I missing I something important? I didn't realize that the man wasn't him. It's yeah. not him! Yeah. I do, I, because then after those two lines, it is him, right? Yes! That's the only time it's them. I mean, maybe they sing backup or something, but like... They're not featured again. No, I just, because I realized we watched a live performance of this. And yeah, like his backing vocalists, like he had like, you know, two men, three women in a line singing backing vocals. And one of the men sang the first line, one of the women sang the second line, and then he sings the rest. And I'm Jim Gilstrap and Lainey Grooves. So they aren't even like common collaborators first of all it's not even like clearly fake people (laughs) (laughs) lady grooves come on chill what was it chin strap uh gill strap gill strap right yes jim jim chin strap in popular culture in 2016 jack white performed an alternative rock version of the song with the muppets for the series finale of the muppets that sounds cute cool anywho but like aside from that though Um, yes. Then you have the rest. Of the, I mean, the thing is that when you talk about this is basically his commercial breakthrough. This is when the Stevie Wonder that we always knew could make great modern Stevie pop singles. He just shows the fuck up because I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't need to be said, but superstition. That goddamn incredible line. And the things that we all remember that exact synth tone, we can hear it in our heads. But think about the horns that are doing the goddamn work on here. Also, though, this is 1972. Right. That's that's the thing that when I, because I just kind of assumed, not thinking about it, that Superstition was on Songs in the Key of Life. Like, because, right, right, because everything is. But also just because it's so timeless. Yeah. Like superstition sounds like it could have come out in 2018. I always forget until I'm looking at the year just how immensely impactful and influential. Yeah. Superstition, I mean this whole album, but superstition specifically was as far as like shaping the sound of the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. Like it yeah. just like that was where I think a lot of people realized for the first time, like, oh, you can take synths and make them so much more than just, like, this blurbly, like, shitty strings in the background. Like, you can really take this and make something so funky. incredible out mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, yeah I mean... There's also... So the, it hits, right? Or You Are the Sunshine of My Life, Superstition. I Believe When I Fall in Love, is that a... Was that a radio? I don't know, but I fucking love it. It wasn't even a single, which blows my mind because it is stunning. I mean, that's that's definitely like up there, one of my favorite Stevie songs. But even more than that, my favorite song on this record is Big Brother. Oh, yeah. And that is like a potent little number in there. He is not afraid to speak. I mean, and it's also still quite relevant. The last line is, I don't even need to do anything to you. You'll destroy your country yourself. Mm. Yeah, and then all he's talking, I mean, it's a song, (laughs) he feels his big brother in the Orwell type of sense, but also talks about, like, the only time you come around is when it's a voting year or something Mm -hmm. like that. You know, like, he's just, like, laying it the fuck out. Well, this is also, it's 1972. I mean, this is very pointed at Nixon at this point, too. So, like, and so, are you 
that surprised that you haven't done nothing and became the hit that it was? Like, I feel like he especially have found a degree of protest pop that was, like, working. And he also does it again at the end of Intervisions with He's Mr. Know-It-All. And I think less successfully on that yeah, song, personally. Yeah, I don't yeah. that song. Exactly. I also, Talking Book also has You and I, which I super love as mm-hmm. far as ballads go. That Which also does that octave jump. Yeah. Which is so, so good, so effective. But I gotta be honest, the biggest surprise for me this week when it comes to Talking Book, and the thing is, I will say, like, I don't think Tuesday Heartbreak's gonna be anyone's, like, all-time favorite. I really like it, though. But for me, this week, maybe your baby baby. just knocked me the fuck out. That song is funky as hell. That song kept kept getting stuck in my head this week. Regardless of what album I had just listened to, when, when I was just like, Walking around at work, what I was humming was maybe your baby. Maybe your baby have made some other plans. So that's like that's a song that like I would love to do that song. Like oh, there's man. not Stevie's amazing, but there's like not a lot that I would even attempt. Right. But man, that would be fun to do. Uh, well, and that's the thing where like this became like this is exactly what you wanted the rest of music of my mind to be because that funk is so. Thick. And when that when that fucking Ray Parker Jr. guitar comes in, like and it's just like all these instruments just kind of building up together and swelling into this deep groove, it's like you feel like you're just in it. It's just yeah. thick, and it's just like my it's God, very yeah. sexy. And it's so it is. sexy. Oh my and God. And it's well, it's especially sexy for because <laughs> it's about it's about infidelity. Yes, yeah. it's about like which comes your up a lot in this out era. With another man. Yeah, and he and she's having a funky, sexy time yeah. out there, like. Yeah. Ugh. It's uh yeah, and it's funny too coming out of like the sweetness of you are the sunshine of my life. Mm-hmm. That so like as a one two knockout for the intro of an album to start with like this very sweet song which is such a big hit, and then to just like break it down funk style with maybe your baby like what an amazing. And then the third track is you and I, which is like a gorgeous ballad mm-hmm. that's an amazing right, a I mean honestly yeah. this album is just so solid yeah. like I have no complaints about the first seven tracks and even even after that I don't really have complaints they're just not yeah, yeah. just not, blame it on the sun it's like it's there but even, even like honestly that's the only like meh song on here I love looking for another pure love Again, it's it's just like it's a very like easy going. Just like mm-hmm. it's not a ballad because it's really it's more of a jam session. Yeah. But those like the harmony vocals on there are amazing. You've got it, Bad Girl, which is the probably the least like Stevie Wonder yeah. song on here because it's just you got it, Bad Good. That's like yeah. that's like. M- like old school Motown. Bread could have recorded that. It's you know? very easy listening, but yeah. it's, totally. it's easy. It's not yeah. like it doesn't cringe. It doesn't make you cringe. It's <sighs> just nice. But then you get to intervisions. Okay, let's hear it. Oh, I don't hate Lord. intervisions, of course. This is the last three. Exactly. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But yeah, we don't hate anything yet. I know, yeah. exactly. Because intervisions, I feel like it just kind of like it's an expansion on it. It gets a little bit more visceral. It's, it gets a little bit more funky. Like, the thing is, a Superstition is a great standalone pop single, but higher ground, like the levels and the builds and all the aspects of it, like, it's such a mature, incredible I, composition. I, I could possibly argue that 
no other song he ever recorded has better momentum than Higher Ground. Mm. Okay. Like, Higher Ground just keeps on trucking, and it just, like... Keeps on trucking. I, I mean... <laughs> um, but also, I love Too High as an opener. Because really? It, really? Yes, yes, I do. I do. And it's, it's weird. <laughs> it's weird because... It also, I'm a little biased because um, that was um, reworked into my favorite Royksop song, Mm -hmm. which is top 10 favorite songs of all time. So that like baseline specifically, like really, it ignites your soul. It ignites my soul. Um, And I just, I love how he's just not afraid to play with jazz and it also just shows you it, it shows you exactly, like, the kind of... You, you are in for a wild ride. Which this album absolutely is. But I also... As much as it has, like, a couple of my absolutely all-time... Like, Jesus Children of America is so funky. And it just... It's so unafraid so to surprising. just, like, say yeah. what it's here to say. Mm-hmm. Which I think, you know, in 1973, Jesus Children of America was, like... That's a fucking bold statement. And this the fact is a that very he didn't bold album. Yeah. yeah. But it also in contrast to the other well, we'll talk about Songs in the Key of Life in a minute, but there's there's some uh meh all balladry is, on All here. in Love is Fair. All in Love is Fair visions. Oh, yeah. Honestly, and then I That's like it at that point cuz then you have Living uh Living for the City. Yeah. I which mean, is yeah. just, you know, an incre- incredible classic. Well, now it's one of those songs that's like once, like now you've heard that song a hundred times, but if you could go back in time and listen to it for the first time again, it's like extremely powerful. Mm -hmm. Like I was listening to that today and I don't usually listen to the spoken part because it's not music, but like, and I don't like skits that much in songs, but you know, I'm, I was really listening to the whole album and the spoken it's fucking intense it's yeah. a really sad intense song. it is and it's married to this beat that's a lot more optimistic than it leads you to believe yeah. and that's yeah. the thing like he understood if you're gonna swallow this pill of like hard truth or difficult things to say he's gonna wrap it up in something real nice well i also yeah. think it's it's a similar thing that he tried to do on village ghetto land mm-hmm. but that was just such a different it's atmosphere. almost too obvious to that too we're like yes. he's talking about the yeah. ghetto people bleeding and dying you're setting it to a classical do 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 Right, whereas like living for the city is like you think it's just another great Stevie Wonder jam. You're you're hearing the hook, but then you're listening to the verse lyrics, and you're like, oh Oh, no, no, yeah, 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 because it takes you through. It's a whole story. And Golden Lady, honestly, I mean, don't you worry about a thing. Like, don't you worry about that is candy. That song is just delicious. That's like. A fucking loves singing that song. Yeah, he does the octave jump there, yeah. and it's so effective. It's so and good. that's yeah, that's like and the intro. Like, talk about a, a goofy do, do, moment do, do, that comes do, do, off. Do, exactly. Like, yeah. Right. It's yeah, this hilarious. little like Latin beat that kind of comes like, in. Yeah. First, Iran, Paris, <laughs> Peru, Eurasia, and like at first, you, at first you're like, those aren't Spanish places, but then you're like, oh wait, oh, this is funny. Yeah. Right. Okay. One of the only times he plays a character and it works. I love, yeah. I just love how it's like, you know, ding, 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 
says a lot of really fast Spanish, and you're yeah. like, whoa, what's happening? Oh, okay, we're going and on a journey. it leads yeah. into just this goddamn great melody. Like, yeah. it's just like, it's such a good song. Right. It's a great, I, great song. I just love, I mean, this was the era when he was just unafraid to find a great melody, and he's like, I don't need to add more words to this. Let's just... Yeah. He began, and I feel like with music on my mind, that's when he started to realize the power of editing, too, where he's just like, I don't have to have all the instruments. I can pull right. back a little bit. And that's part of the reason why, for me, for me personally, it was so obvious that Talking Book was number three, just because it's one of the things, like, Talking Book is, I would argue, a great end-to-end pop album. I don't think there's any denying that whatsoever. It is a series of masterful songs, and we could say, in some cases, masterful singles. I would say Inner Visions, it does, let's say, on the whole, has maybe a few more weaker tracks or a few more middling tracks or whatever, but I can't deny the sheer vision of this motherfucker right here. The thing about Inner Visions that's so striking is the boldness, the artistry, everything he does has been jumped up a notch, and it pays off immense dividends. We're like, I feel like this is, I, the person who made Talking, he couldn't have made Inner Visions without Talking Book, but thank God he made Talking Book, because Inner Visions just feels like an elevated form of funk, an elevated form of pop that is just Mm -hmm. so much more beyond the typical, so much more beyond what radio or critics or anyone else was ever able to comprehend at the time. Yeah, and that's where this is a really close race for me too, but for me Inner Visions has a little bit of the edge just because even though it has more songs that I'll skip I'll just say that. Yeah. It also, the funk that he lays down here is just that little bit more complex and it's just that little bit more like there's just a, a, a tinge more that's keeping your attention on every single one of the great tracks. I will say this. I think of them as the same album. Hmm. Like, this yeah. is one where I, I spent a lot... Of, that's why like I was like ready with my answer, because I really had to spend a lot of time being like, okay, separate these two. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. they came out so close together. They're not songs in the key of life. But, like, so they were kind of smashed together in my mind. So I really had to think about it and why. But at the same time, I'm happy to concede. They're both fucking great. I think Too High is just not my style. And as you know, first tracks are very important to me. So like that, you know, I just, I think that sounds boring. Like it's fine, but compared to you know, the first three tracks of Talking See, Book. See, but ever since you mentioned it, I've just had that bass line stuck in my head, like, this whole time oh. we've been talking do 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 You know, like, just the kind of rising action. I mean, it's it's good. Yeah. None of this is bad. <laughs> That's the thing. Right. Yeah. None of, maybe, but, I don't, I really don't like Mr. Know-It-All, but I don't. Right. No, I, me yeah. either. I don't Definitely, like it. Yeah. And that's why, I, like, I'm honestly fine with this going either way, because... Talking Book is a more solid listening experience, but Inner Visions is more innovative. Yeah. But that being said, can we talk about the big Grammy in the middle of the room here? In terms of opening songs, Love is in Need of Love Today. Here's my story about this song. Wait, are we getting into this now? I just want to talk about it right now. So, Songs of the Key of Life is the best Stevie Wonder album. It's, right? Like... Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Okay. My, like, introduction to this album was, so, you know, CDs came out in our childhood, blah, blah, blah. And then, (laughs) like, we got a record player again later. So old albums kind of came out in the Mm -hmm. household. And I came downstairs one morning, and my mom was listening to Love's in the Need of Love today, the first track from Songs in the Kid 
sweeping the kitchen and crying and singing all at the same time. Oh my god. And I was never forgot it. Like it's the most beautiful sentiment. It's such a beautiful song and talk about an introduction to like one of the best albums ever. It's so gorgeous. I also just love that this album just starts with humming. Yeah. Like what a just like you even though you know obviously it has very intense and like fast upbeat moments on it later like it starts it just eases you in it's like we're gonna just talk about the basic like the most universal thing possible love how often do you cry on this podcast i I don't think we've ever cried i would cry like every time i did this podcast Wow. I get goosebumps, like, thinking about music. These songs. There's, like, I can't listen to music when I shave my legs in the shower. Because <laughs> I get goosebumps all the time. I mean, I do, I, don't get me wrong, music gives me goosebumps fairly often. Yeah. But. No, this, that song is so beautiful. This album is so, so amazing. I don't know, I feel like maybe you were there, but I got to see him do this live. <gasps> Oh, I, was I wasn't sure if you saw that show. A few years ago, um, it was my anniversary. We went. It was just mind-boggling. I'm sure it was, like, so spiritual. It and, was like, so amazing. Yeah. And it was so long. And talk about Stevie Wonder being a goof. He is so silly that once he got through this album, which, like, of course, was very long and beautiful and, like, so... Like, everybody was basically hugging each other by the end. But, mm-hmm. like... He then just went totally off the rails and made a whole character for himself named DJ Tick Tick Boom and like was just playing segments of other people's songs. But like he can do anything he wants, yeah, right? He's Stephen Wonder. Um but he I mean seeing this live was in just insane. So beautiful. It's one of the best albums ever. So and then of course you have that and it immediately segs from Love is the Need of Love Today to Having a Talk with God. Yeah. Which, when we're talking about, like, hard Stevie funk, <laughs> this song fucks. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's so... That, that's one where, like, you know, I listened to it... I, I, I've I put it on this album a couple times over the over the years, and so obviously I'm, I was familiar with it, but this week, the first time I heard Have a Talk with God, I was like, oh, right. Yeah. And then every time I went back to this... Back to it this week, it just, like got higher and higher and I liked right. it more and more and it's just like because that's also one where it that one's under three minutes yeah like he does what he wants to do with that song and then he moves on yeah but, but if we're gonna talk about let's just do two things because this is a magnum opus he spent three years working on this multiple producers an army of musicians some say up to like you know 30 different people were in the studio at some point or another let's just do two things i want to talk about the singles and then i want to talk about the rest because if we're going to talk about this album you can't talk about songs of the cave life without talking about sir duke yeah. one of the greatest fucking songs Ever and as we were talking about earlier, that horn riff that happens after the chorus, you know, after you feel it all over, and then bam, (laughs) 
and it's just like the, Wait, com- which part the, <laughs> the complexity. Uh, how many bars is that? Like the sheer complexity of it that also, and the catchiness of it. It doesn't uh, repeat. It doesn't yeah. repeat. It doesn't repeat any parts of its like that. melodic yeah. sections. It just keeps going, and it's one of the most iconic musical sequences yeah. of all time so joyful like yeah. this album takes you through it emotionally oh god some of yeah. the tracks are just pure joy like and you go through village ghetto land which is a hard a hard listen but yeah. then you're rewarded especially when you have sir duke and you follow it with i wish oh are god. you rewarded though yeah you're, you you're get through village ghetto land and then you get contusion except the funko contusion Con- that okay goddamn, yeah. don't get me wrong yeah contusion is very funky yeah however <laughs> <laughs> It's like it's like the it's like it took the the parts of Sir Duke that work and then turned it up to f- like 120 and it was just like just go guys just yeah. fucking play whatever the fuck you want yeah. and it's it's a bit much um, but isn't she lovely isn't she lovely is, yeah is is one of the, outside one of, of the screaming children. Which I can't stand. I hate that it's on there. Especially yeah. because, as we learned watching that documentary early today, it's not even his child. He <laughs> So the, the sounds at the end of the song are actually his daughter, like, playing with a dresser in a hotel room. Is that the but, one where she says, You don't break mama's glass! Yeah, yeah. 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 But the screaming baby at the beginning yes. was just because he wanted the sound of a child being born. So he, like had a friend who knew someone who was pregnant and like got permission to like record the moment that the baby was born and started crying that's cool so it's cool but also it's just some random baby i mean sure but like so is the baby on the cover of the notorious big album okay Mm -hmm. fair sure (laughs) okay but then when you need a baby you just find a baby baby. But the great thing was, uh, was it for Village Ghetto Land? I believe it was. Uh, the story of uh, Gary Bird, the co-writer with the lyrics on that. Oh, yeah. Okay, so Village Ghetto Land, he wrote the arrangement and had, like, so he called this friend of his who, like, lived hours away, was just, like, left him a message, I guess. And he, like, and, played like, him. Played yeah. him the song. And just kind of like sang the melody with like na 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 na, and then was like, "Do you think you couldn't write something?" And like told him the basic concept for the song that he wanted. Then the guy like was working on the song, didn't hear from Stevie for three months, called him up and was like, "Hey, I'm ready for the song. Do you have it?" He's like, "Yes." And then, like, read him the lyrics over the phone, and like, who was this Stevie's guy? Gary Bird, one of the co-songwriters on it. Stevie's yeah. assistant just like wrote the lyrics down, called him back ten minutes later, was like, "Oh, I forgot to tell you, I added an extra verse to the arrangement. Can you write one for me? I'll call you back in ten minutes." <laughs> Legitimately called him back in ten minutes. And he had quickly written another verse. Stevie was like, "Great, love it." And that that was. The I needed it because I'm song. recording this like, right I'm now. I'm recording it right now, so you have ten minutes to write it. Oh my god, what a crazy! <laughs> <time>. <laughs> <laughs> what 
right? But then, I mean, let's also not forget Az is on there, too. Yeah. I mean, Az is actually, I think, one of the most covered Stevie Wonder Absolutely. Songs. As far as, like, when we're looking Absolutely. at... When we're on... As when we're, like, on YouTube looking at live performances, it's on, like, every, like, Stevie Wonder tribute show, someone does Az. Yeah. Um, it's there's so the the George Michael, Mary J. Blige collaboration yeah. that didn't need to happen, but it's still... It's funny, because... Going through this week, I was like, wow, George Michael covered four Stevie Wonder songs at various points in his career. Yeah. Like, it was clearly... They won't a... go when I go. It's like, oh, thank <laughs> For you. For example. George. Yeah, um, I mean, Stevie does it better. Just as, put it out there. Yeah. So there's, like, so many one-two punches on this album, but the fact that... I mean, If It's Magic is also beautiful, but, like, then it's followed by As Another Star. Another Star. Which is insane. Like, the fact that those two songs are next to each other is insane. Like, As is one of the most beautiful songs. It was the recessional at my wedding. Aww. It's so beautiful and super long. And then it goes into, like, the maybe the danciest Stevie Wonders. I'm, I don't know. I don't well, know. I mean, I mean it's, like, it's, it's, a, it's pretty dancy. It's uh, the so other day, dancey. I was done working out, and Taryn came in uh, home from work and just was shaking his groove thing all over the place, like, you know, butt in your face kind of thing. It's just like, whoa, what are you doing? It's like, I'm listening to another star. I'm just like, oh, damn, okay. So That's a crazy song. It's so good. One of my favorite memories with Stevie Wonder was, um, I don't remember why, but our our aunts, uh, Bethann and Paul, aunt and uncle Bethann and Paul were staying at my parents' place, and I woke up one morning, and my dad had put on another star, and my dad and Bethann were just, like, dancing around the kitchen, like, making breakfast Aww. as another star played, and they were singing the la-las, and it was just, like... It's... Well, it, it's, like... So this this album was so important to our parents. Mm -hmm. And when you think about it, like, my dad will say, like, you can't imagine what it was like when this came out. Yeah. It was just, like... How did this happen? Like, it was the best thing to ever come out. Mm -hmm. And I, I totally believe that. Like, we, of course, like, we get it all all at the same time. Or right. As you discover it, yeah. I guess. Mm -hmm. But, like, can you imagine this album coming out now? It's like, one, if one of your favorite musicians had a few, like, really great albums before this, and then this thing came out, and you're just like, what? Like... It's the best present of all time. Mm -hmm. So what you're saying is like he's like seventies Drake, is what you're saying. <sighs> I guess I can say. I know people like Drake. Um. Okay. I also we we kind of skipped past it, but my all time hands down favorite Stevie Wonder <gasps> song unquestionably is <gasps> "Knocks Me Off My Feet." Oh, oh I was hoping you were gonna say that. Yeah. It is such a beautiful it song. It is gorgeous. It also so much fun to sing. Yes. It is right in like any tenor. It is right in the comfort zone. Yeah. Even when it like pops up, when even when the, there's the key change on the second chorus, like it's just perfect. Yeah. And it's such that's the sort of part where like every individual section of the song, because it's just like verse, pre-chorus, chorus, and then it repeats that. But each of those sections feels like it could be the chorus because it's so, it's so very much its own moment. Right. Um, like the pre-chorus of, makes me weaken, knocks me off my feet. Oh, that's that trick he does. And then he repeats it, about. knocks me off, 
my feet knocks me off my feet and then he goes into the yeah. actual chorus because yeah. i don't want to pull and it's, it's just like <laughs> i that's that's speaking of songs that give me goosebumps yeah. when yeah. he when he pulls out that the like full real chorus for the first yeah. time i'm just like oh god damn and it's cheesy yeah. as hell but it's so right but he, he makes it work because the tones on this album are so all over the place that when he gets to something like that it doesn't feel cheesy it's not like one of his later day albums where it's just like a fucking ballad after ballad or a mid-tempo yeah. slog like you go through this like i can buy that because that also follows right after i wish one of the that funky bass line that just comes in and rides and just overtakes everything well and when you're talking yeah. about joy yeah. yeah like that's the thing is a lot of a lot of the ballads it's just like him and a piano and it's sure but here there's the swelling strings and you can just hear that like the, it's cheesy but it's it's not cheesy because he's not just singing words like you yeah. can tell he means every, every. single moment yeah. of this song and yeah and you can all everyone can relate it's so beautiful i this was one seeing this one live it was like Maybe the first, like everyone was singing this whole show, right? But this was like everyone was singing, and it was a great moment for me because I was singing, and the woman next to me turned and went, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like I was doing really well." <laughs> I love that. Right. And then, like, as long as the singles are great, also, there's so many other songs I don't think get as much buzz. Honestly, Black Man, even though it's eight minutes long, that groove is just it, unbelievable. It's it, just so It earns good. those eight <laughs> minutes, though. Because, honestly, the outro yeah. with, with, like, the school children chanting, that doesn't start till minute five. Yeah. You know? And it, up until that point, he's using every second to, like, build the groove and tell the exact story that he wants to tell here and it's just it's such a great groove yeah it, it's yeah. bordering on one of the best grooves on this album if it didn't have like as and another star to you know like and I wish. right and i wish oh and, and then yeah. and then randomly the fucking tin pen alley pop that is ebony eyes da 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 um, yeah. Also, yeah. the like funky groove of all day sucker. Yeah. I mean, come on. There's yeah. some, like we could talk about every single song. Right? I almost like, wanted yeah. us to just go through song by, by song, song and yeah. talk about all of them because like it, yeah. this album is that good. But and ordinary that, pain, like oh, yeah. when that who, I don't know who that woman is when she comes that in. That amazing backing vocalist. So good. Yeah. Pastime paradise to a degree. Of yeah. course. Which like. Honestly, that one's a little rough because I can't separate it from right. Coolio. Yeah, yeah. No. but none of us can. But <laughs> when you're just looking at from like a a production standpoint, when the Hari Krishna and the we we shall overcome is coming in on the end, and it's just building, and then it just like drops off. Like, yeah. it's so it's so eerie. It's mm -hmm. so impactful. Yeah, I also I don't even know. Like the Es una historia song, and I am singing song. I am singing. Talk like, about another joy moment. Yeah. When he finally goes into I am singing, you're like, ah. You sure are. Yeah. You feel like every flower just bloomed. Right. Also, yeah, 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 yeah. I love how often he he uh, sings in other languages. Yeah. And in songs that he wrote himself, because it happens, you know, not a ton, but like Enough. six or seven right. times yeah, exactly. where you're like. 
Yes. Yeah. And it's yeah. not Sing nonsense to me in where it's like Italian. Lionel Richie. <laughs> right. right. And that's the biggest thing. We're like, for me, Song is the Key of Life. The reason why we're talking about it with such joy and verve is that he meant us as this opus and it absolutely worked because, quite frankly, this is everything you've loved about basically every era of Stevie brought together in one place. You could you could listen to this album straight through and be convinced it's a standalone greatest hits album. Yeah. Like, that's how strong yeah, and powerful absolutely. it is. Like, the moods and tones and styles that's there. So for me, I don't think it's a real question. I think the only real question is number two and three at this point. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. My vote still intervisions for number two and talking book at number three, but at this point, like, I've had such a good time talking about songs <laughs> in the key of life. I don't care. You know, I don't like, care about like exactly. Put yeah. characters at number two. Number two characters. <laughs> wait a second. Wait, what? What? No. 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 <laughs> Um, yes, Songs of the Game of Life is one. Yeah. Yes. And you you had Talking Book at three, right? I had Talking Book at two. Yeah. Oh, right. Three. Okay. But again, I am pretty it comes happy. Down to I know it comes down to me, and I hate when this happens. I know. Um, it's a deciding vote. Be bold. <sighs> we're ranking albums, and because we're ranking albums, I think Intervisions goes at three. Okay. Okay. So in that case, of this episode that we are doing, we have at number four, fulfilling this is first finale. At number three, we have Inner Visions. At number two, we have Talking Book. And the number one Stevie Wonder album is My Sharia Moore. Surprise! Ah! Ah! <laughs> no, it's like a <laughs> No, the computer. <laughs> no, it is like to give live. And guys, listen, we obviously have had a lot to say. We have a happy hour minisode right after this where we get to talk about all the other other minute things from uh, those early albums to his worst song to just whatever. It's a happy hour minisode. It goes as long as we want it to. But most importantly though, Nia O'Reilly, Amandas. You got it. Thank you so Everyone's much. Everyone's hands are in the air. For being here. Seriously. I'm Thank so you. Here. This yeah. is so fun. Exactly. You were bold and you had strong opinions and you stuck by them. And it's just great. It was so fantastic. Karen, as always. You're welcome. As always. <laughs> yeah. This was so great. Uh, I, I mean, this. yeah. Honestly, this is this was like one of our my most fun episodes. Yeah. Like listening, recording, this All was such it. a blast. And because Stevie Wonder, as we've said so many times, just has so much joy. Yeah. And even just talking about him, we're just so happy. And we can't wait to tell you about the pasta hair incident. And you're going to hear that in the Happy Hour Minisode. In the meantime, though, do us a favor. Uh, like us. Rank us. Find us on Facebook and Twitter. I say these things every time, but if you actually do it, that would be awesome. It really, really would. If you rate us on iTunes, it's great because it gives visibility and other people see it. And you want other people to see it. You're the cool person in the know. You want to bring it to all your friends at your middle school, right? So, anywho, do us, you got that chartographer's lunch back in our merch store. <laughs> I hope that's real. Uh, it's not. <laughs> I really wish it was. Just our animated faces looking real goofy. Animated uh, lunch packs. Let's make it happen. Yeah. All right. In the meantime, though, keep on listening. You know that we'll be having a good one, guys. Bye. heat of the moment, I thought that I could myself. Three, two, one. Talking book. Are you kidding me? <laughs>